Yeah, Bob the Builder. That's what I'm talking about. I used to love watching that show uh, with my firstborn. We got him a, a Tonka video game for the computer that he always built things on. And so when that show came out, uh, we used to watch that together. And But that's what we're here to talk about today. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. I want to get back to our, our prayer meeting series. I hope you've been enjoying the conversations that we've been having with Nina McCaffrey, talking about you know anxiety. And I'm so excited because we're going to be starting a Find Your Happy Place online that's going to be free, uh, that you can come on board. We, we just feel like there's so much stuff going on in our world right now, so much negative stuff right now. We want to fight this pandemic with a happy-demic. And not just a pandemic of a virus, but there's a virus out there that's scarier than Corona, in my opinion. There's a virus of anger. There's a virus of fear. There's a virus of anxiety like we talked about the last couple of weeks. So we feel like you don't fight fire by throwing more fire at it. You don't fight darkness with darkness. The Bible says you overcome evil with good. And so we want to fight this virus, not with another virus of, of more anger or more fear or whatever. We want to fight this pandemic with a happy-demic. And so I'm so excited that our plans are to, to start a weekly Find Your Happy Place online that it's going to be free of charge, like I said. And I don't know if you've heard of master classes before, but it's like that. We call them happy use. And it's, it's like more of a classroom setting that's kind of like a family. You need to listen to the podcast, the, the second podcast we have with Nina, where we talk about it wasn't just a class for her, but it was a family. And the teacher wasn't just her teacher. She also became her friend. That's why that class actually worked. And so every week we're going to give a new hack, a new tip, a new pointer on how to deal with this discouragement or this depression or this anxiety. And Nina has spent years studying this topic and has come through chronic anxiety herself. So I can't think of a better person to help us get through all this. So we're super excited about that. But I want to get back to the prayer series because I felt like we didn't really finish that. I still have several more, and I don't know if I'm talking too much on this topic. Hey, just let us know. Call our Yo Steve line, 425-200-4297, and let, let us know if you're liking the, the prayer podcast coming or not, or, or if, if, if we've played this thing out already. Let us know. Or you can email us at podcast at happylife.studio and let us know because if it's if we're playing this thing out then we want to move on but I, I have a bunch of other podcast ideas in my mind for this very concept of communicating with God so far we've only gotten through one article which is eight signs that your relationship could have better communication and how to get that and the article went through all the signs of how to have better communication, but we never finished it. The best part of this is at the very end here. That's what I want to hit it today. I want to get to Bob the Builder. Actually, I want to get to Can We Fix It? I want to call this Fixin' Prayer Meeting. I mean, we started with road trip and prayer meeting, video game and prayer meeting, then went to passive aggression prayer meeting, YouTube and prayer meeting, house and prayer meeting. Now I want to do Fixin' Prayer Meeting. I want to talk about four things that you can do to make your communication better. It's so easy to cut down the current situation. It's so easy to come up with negative things. It's so easy to become cynical and all that type of stuff. But don't just point out the problems. I like when people give me a solution as well. And so that's what this last part of the article I want to go through. Um, it gives four things to do to make your communication better. Let's talk about that. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Now that's 
sunset high. Welcome to Happy Life Studios. So, is this something that you really want with God to make your communication better? If, if, if you're just okay with coming to God when you're in trouble and you want to come to Him, you know, and, and you say your prayers and ask Him to help you out, and that's the extent of your relationship, then you probably don't want to listen to the rest of this podcast. But if you're if you're interested in coming to know God better and getting to know Him more and learning how to fix your communication with Him, then you definitely want to stay tuned because. This is going to be good and right here. So point number one on the four things we can do to make our communication better. Now, realize that I've taken this article that was written for people have better communications with each other, and I've changed it into also with God, because that's why God gives us relationships here on earth, friendships here on earth. So when he says, hey, I want to be your friend, we have something to compare that to. That's why God gave us friends to model what he wants with us originally. So the four things that we can do to make our communication, to fix this thing. Can we fix it? Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Okay. Number one, it's real simple. Listen. Focus on listening. I like what my sister told me. She read it from a book. I think it's the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think that's the name of the book. But one of the habits is seek first to understand, and then you'll be understood. But oftentimes we want everyone to understand us. Like, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. You don't know me. Well, if I don't know you, that's not all my fault. I mean, if you haven't opened yourself up to me, if you haven't come to me in a safe way and expressed how, like, I don't mind disagreement. I like that friction that goes on because I feel that the truth is hidden in there somewhere. But the media a lot of times likes to make it one way or the other. They like to make it black or white, and you either agree this way or you're this negative thing. Or if you don't agree with what these people are saying, then you're this negative thing. And and I think that when we disagree, if we can come together and we can communicate fairly with one another, the truth is hidden in there somewhere. You have something to offer me, and I have something to offer you. But if we just shut things off and label each other and say, well, you believe this, so I can't believe you. I, or if you don't agree with me, then you're this negative connotation, whatever remark I want to throw in there, that doesn't get us anywhere. But I think if we will communicate with each other, I think if we'll seek first to understand, then we'll be understood. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I just want people to understand me. And there's a lot of people out there that they they tote around this word truth all the time. Like they just want to say the truth or they just want to get to the truth. But truth is they don't necessarily want to find the truth. They want to convince everybody that their way is truth exactly the way it is. And there's some truth in what they know, but we're not all that good, right? There's also truth in you. And if we come together and we communicate together, we can even leave disagreeing with each other, but still liking each other and learning from one another. So the first way to make your communication better is to listen. Focus on the listening. Most people focus too much on insisting that their partner listen to them instead. We call it prayer. And if you ask someone what prayer is, they say it's talking with God. But honestly, most prayer that I grew up with and the prayer that I learned growing up in church wasn't a talking with God. It was a talking at God. No one really taught me that much how to hear God's voice. We always just sat in a circle and bowed our heads and closed our eyes and we waited for someone to talk. Other people loved it. It was hard for me and it pushed me away from communicating with God for a long time until I figured out I could communicate with him just like I've mentioned in all our other you know, road trip and video game and 
YouTube and all those other prayer things that we talked about. I learned that I can communicate with God like a person communicates with a friend, but not to just talk at him, but listen to him, ask him how he's feeling. So point number one is listen. Point number two, bring up concerns. In the article, Shelby Kern said this, quote, it's better to bring up concerns and discuss them as they arise than to assume things will clear themselves up. In the long term, that leads to pent-up frustration and tension, and it makes every new thing seem bigger because there are so many other things behind it, end quote. Whenever there's a situation, an issue that you might have, or a concern that you have, or a fear or a, a hurt feeling that you may have, it's like a beach ball. And when someone throws you beach ball, you throw it back, right? So you start the communication process. Hey, babe, when you did that, that kind of hurt me. That's what I tell my wife sometimes when my wife tells me. When I throw that beach ball, she throws it back. But you hurt me when you said this. And see, now the conversation starts back and forth. We're hitting that beach ball back and forth. And there's nothing to that beach ball unless you try to hide it underwater so no one can see it right? Passive aggressive permitting. We talked about that. And so I just want to hide underwater. I don't want anyone to know that I'm feeling that way, but I'm hurt or I'm angry or I'm afraid or I'm anxious, right? I still, I can't wait for these, these happy yous that we're going to do with Nana. I just, I'm sorry. I, I, I just can't wait for them to happen. But when we take that beach ball, we try to hold it underwater. Then there's pressure to it. Like Shelby said, it's not going to clear itself up. It's going to lead to pent-up frustration and tension, and it gets worse and worse, and, and that thing doesn't go away. So you can try to hide it, but it's not going to go away. And next thing you know, you've got a whole bunch of beach balls that you're trying to hold underwater. And after a while, you can't hold it in anymore. And when one beach ball comes up, they all come up. Now you have all these issues that you've got to deal with, and that's when the big fights happen. That's when the anger happens. That's when all the stuff inside, it doesn't go away. It just keeps getting more and more and more and more intense. So bring up concerns. Shelby goes on to say this. She says, quote, try to remain calm and logical when discussing your relationship with your partner. If you can't do that because you're heated, take some time to yourself. Then talk to your partner calmly and clearly. I love that. And I agree with that, except for when it comes to God. When it comes to people, we need that. I mean, I need people to be patient with me because if you come at me harsh, I'm probably going to reply harsh. I'm going to fight fire with fire. You know what I mean? So when I go to my wife out of love, I want to come to her. I want to be calm when I come to her because love is blind, right? Well, so is anger and so is rage and so is anxiety. Any of these emotions that get really big and powerful, when they're behind what I'm trying to say, they tend to cloud a clear mind, right? So you want to calm down. But when it comes to God, God already knows what's inside of you. God is perfect. The Bible says that God is slow to anger and he's abounding in love. So when it comes to God, you don't have to make sure that you got yourself calm. Come to him before you're calm. Go to God and let him have it. Roll up the windows in your car, drive down the road, find a, a quiet place so people don't think you're really weird or whatever, but just tell God really what's up. Tell him you're angry. If you're angry with him, tell him you're angry with him, but let it out. Bring up your concerns to him because if we wait to cool down, we're probably not going to talk to him anymore. And it's another beach ball that we just put down in the water. When that beach ball comes at us, hit it back, but hit it to God. God, here's how I'm feeling. Bring up your concerns. He already knows what they are because he knows you. He made you. He knows your thoughts. So let your thoughts out. Remember, he instructs us to be angry, but don't let the sun set on your wrath. Don't go to bed angry and don't sin in your anger. So when you're angry, when you have concerns, when you have fear, when you have anxiety, just like we talked about with Nina the last couple of weeks, let it out. Bring it to God. Hit that beach ball back. Bring up your concerns. Point number one, 
listen. Point number two, bring up concerns. Point number three, ask questions. Ask God what he thinks about your situation. Just don't tell him about your situation. Just don't talk at him, but ask him what he thinks about your situation. Ask him what he thinks, period. Nothing honors someone quite like asking them what their opinion is on something. Even introverted or shy people love to be asked, hey, what do you think? Even if it makes them nervous to kind of talk back. But when someone asks me what I think, it says, wow, I'm valuable. (laughs) You know, it reminds me of a retreat that I was speaking at once. And I did this little exercise. I showed up late. It was going to be for the for the main session. I showed up late and I had all the tables set up kind of like a cafeteria, like a school cafeteria. And it was a youth retreat. And I had all the, the students hanging around, talk with each other. I showed up late because I wanted everyone to start conversation. Everyone's having the conversation. All of a sudden, I walk in the room 10 minutes later, whatever. And I said, okay, everyone pause. Just pause your conversation. Remember where you're at? Pause your conversation right now. Now, I want you to pick one person from your table. I don't know if it's a person that has the longest hair or the nicest person you can think of, or I don't know, but pick one person from your table and make that person Jesus. Okay, go. They picked the person. I said, now I'm getting ready to push the play button again, but I want you to continue on the conversation that you were just on, but with Jesus sitting at the table. Now, the reason I did that, because if I said, let's have a conversation with God, we would all get all, we'd get weird spiritually. We'd, we'd morph into another character because when we pray, we don't always talk to him like a friend talks to someone. That's what I've been trying to bring up with all these prayer meeting episodes that we've been doing. So I wanted them to have a real conversation. Just include God in the conversation they already have. So I hit play, unpause, and they went back into their, their conversation. Afterwards, I had one of the students come up to me and he got picked to be Jesus. And he, he, he looked a little sheepish, but he, he said, see, this is really weird. He says, it's going to sound weird. I want you to know, I don't think that I'm Jesus. I don't have a God complex, but I was picked to be Jesus. And when you hit the play button again, and we resume the conversation, all of a sudden, all the conversation changed. And all of a sudden, everyone started looking at me and saying, are you going to heal my grandpa? How come you haven't done this? Can you take care of this for me? Is it going to snow? Can you make it snow at the retreat? He said, everyone was talking to me. I knew I wasn't Jesus. He says, but it was so weird. He said, I just wanted them to ask me my opinion on what they're already talking about. I think, honestly, I think that was God's heart because I think God wants us to ask him, hey, what do you think about this? You know, we might think that's too weird, that's too spooky, that's too spiritual, but we quote this. If you've gone to church for more than a few weeks, you've probably heard this scripture. In Proverbs 3, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledging simply means to give him credit, to know that he's in the room, to ask him what he thinks about your situation. Because when you say, what do you think? It says, I value you. It says, I want your opinion. It's important to me. You're important to me. So don't just talk at God, talk with him, ask questions. So listen, one, two, bring up concerns, three, ask questions, and four, and lastly, have weekly check-ins. In the article, eight signs your relationship could have better communication and how to fix that. Can we fix it? Yes, we Yes, we can. Um, Jeffrey Summer, M.A., said this. That's an opportunity to see whether things are going amazingly or if someone's struggling. It's an opportunity to offer appreciation for one another on a regular basis and express what we need. The weekly check-in. That's what that does. 
It allows us to express what we need. It allows us to continually check up on. But a lot of times prayer is turned into when I'm in trouble, I'll come to God, but then the rest of my life, I'm going to live it. I grew up in church and we're always complaining about separation of church and state. We, we got mad because we can no longer pray in schools and all this type of stuff, but we tend to separate church and state. We say, God, here is my time. I'm going to hang out with you, but the rest of the time is my time. God wants all our time. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's how the rest of that verse goes in Proverbs 3. And he will direct our paths when we acknowledge him. We need to have regular check-ins. But I would, I would change that to weekly check-ins, to regular check-ins, to daily check-ins, to the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Now, if prayer is bowing by your bed or folding your hands or closing your eyes, you can't pray without ceasing. But if prayer is simply hanging out with God, being with God, including God in everything that you do, acknowledging him in all your ways, you can pray without ceasing. That's a verse of the Bible. We can pray without stopping. What that means is, is to be constantly in this mode of hanging out with God and including him in all our ways. I want to have a hot tub. It's kind of like a bucket list for me, if that can be a bucket list, but I'd love to have a hot tub, but I'm afraid of getting a hot tub because I'm afraid I would use it for two weeks and then it would only store stuff on top of it for the rest of the year. I'm afraid it would take up my yard space and I would never use it. But my goal to have a hot tub is what this guy would do. He'd go out in the hot tub every night and he'd he'd have a daily check-in with himself. And he'd ask himself questions like, how was I as a husband today? How was I as a father today? How was I as a boss today? How was I as an employee today? How was I as a friend today? And he would have this check-in with himself and have a check-in with God as he's in the hot tub saying, God, how did I do? How did we do today? I love that concept. And I think that's what we should do. I think we should have regular check-ins. Prayer isn't about coming to God just when you're in trouble. It's about hanging out with them all through life. And trust me, it's not boring. It's not stupid. It's not lame. Because Jesus isn't some dude carrying a sheep around his neck anymore. <laughs> We're in pastel blues and speaking in old English. That, that's not, he, he is love. He is peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He, in his presence is fullness of happy. The Bible says that it's fullness of joy. The Bible says that God is the one who makes me glad. So when I'm inviting him into my presence, God made me in his image. God loves basketball. He loves music, man. He loves watching YouTube. He loves video games. He created Bill Gates. (laughs) He created Tony Hawk. He loves skateboarding. God isn't this stuffy guy a thousand miles away, doesn't care about us. He proved that point when he sent his son Jesus down to earth to live among us so that we could relate to him and get to know him. And when he came down to earth, what did he do? He grabbed 12 rough and raw guys and they just hung out together. That's what they did for three years. And then he was crucified, went up into heaven and and sent his spirit down to be with us so that we could be with him without ceasing. Because before he was with 12 guys and that was it. You can only spend so much time as a human being, right? But now when he sent his spirit down, God's spirit can be within us, can be around us, can be in front of us, behind us, over us. It can guide us. It can protect us. And we can have it 24-7. And I don't know about you, but why wouldn't I take that opportunity to have happy 24-7, to have love 24-7, to have something to help me through my anxiety 24-7, to have a happy-demic instead of a pandemic, to have the virus of love because that's contagious too. Happiness is contagious too. And I say we take that and we share that. Can we fix it? Can we fix it? Yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. There are four ways that we can fix it. 
We can listen. We can bring up concerns. We can ask questions and have regular check-ins with love, with God, with peace. I mean, wow. And that's an offer you cannot refuse. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I hope that helped. Someone happy. Make just one someone happy. And you will be happy too. Remember, life isn't perfect, but it can be happy.